last Sunday. And I thought, really? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I've never done a sermon. But wait a minute, I have five kids. <laughs> I'm sure I can do this. <laughs> In June, I'm going to read this. This Robert already had this ready to go, so we had so, so these are his words. In June of 2006, Father Robert was asked to come to the ICU around midnight at Tampa General Hospital. He was doing his summer intensive <coughs> clinical pastoral education, a part of the seminary process where you intern in a hospital. That night, he had received a call from a charge nurse that a woman was expected to pass away. Her daughter requested prayer. The woman had been burned over 90% of fault. Her husband was in the ministry, and he was in equally rough shape. Her blood had turned septic. They were a pilot and co-pilot of a single-engine plane that crashed into a Tampa house with no explanation. So that night, in that room, Father Robert uttered words that became very familiar to him over the course of his ministry. Depart, O Christian, soul out of this world. These types of experiences formed his perspective of pastoral care. Sometimes we, the church, cannot do anything. We can, however, be a visible reminder that God cares deeply about each of life's struggles and transitions. We can pray, but we cannot always take the sting of life away. We practice what is called ministry of presence. Our being there is what matters. A hug, holding a hand, speaking a simple, heartfelt prayer, or simply sitting and listening. About a year later, the experience came full circle to Father Brown. He was watching a television program called Extreme Makeover. Did any of you ever watch that? It was a great thing. In this show, Ty Pennington, uh, the host, finds those that have fallen on hard times and need a little help. In some shows, it was a condemned house, or in other episodes, they were just really bad cases. In this episode that Father Robert was watching that night was a remodel from a home owned by the Tate family, a home that had been hit by a plane. Yes, the very plane flown by Dr. Robert's patient. You see, all are interconnected, and so is our pain. pain. This is why what Jesus offers is so revolutionary. In our lessons from Isaiah, we meet 700 years in advance. Jesus, as he is foretold, that we were introduced to the life makeover he will institute. And then we have response of joy and peace. For 700 years after Isaiah writes, the people of God would wait and hope and pray until the fullness of time 
a time that Jesus even announced in his hometown of Nazareth that this foreseen Isaiah 61 had been fulfilled in his hearing. The Hebrew word for the long-expected one is Messiah. Father Robert thinks we throw that word around without really knowing what it means. Messiah is anointed one. In other words, it is an acknowledgement that the Holy Spirit rested on him in some special way. You may recall that Aaron, the first of the line of Old Testament priests, was anointed with oil as part of ordination. The ancient kings, Saul, David, and Solomon, were appointed. God had chosen them and endowed them with certain gifts. When Father Paul and Father Robert were ordained, their bishops put oils of chrism on their hands, anointing them for service, or even more recently, King Charles was anointed as part of his coordination service. But Jesus never receives anointing. He is the anointed one, past tense. You see, David has been promised about a thousand years in advance that one of his descendants would be an even greater king. The throne of David would be the throne of an everlasting kingdom. Now that might seem hollow when we see that the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah split after the death of Solomon. But this is just the point. The Messiah would not govern as the world understands being governed. In Isaiah 61, we meet the young man who spoke these same words from Nazareth, Synagogue. The Spirit of the Lord is on him. He is conceived by that same Spirit, grows in that Spirit, is commissioned by that Spirit in baptism, driven out into the wilderness by that Spirit, and looks upon the conditions of men and women in their own day with love by the Spirit. So this is the contractor. Let's look at the job that he has drawn up plans to build. The condition of the people in Jesus' day was well and tidy. They had come out of Babylon. Captivity that Isaiah has warned of. They rebuild another temple, another city wall, only to have the city invaded by the Greeks. The temple desecrated and when the Greeks, Greeks don't leave, the Romans come in. These people could not catch a break. Isaiah gives a before and after image that is shocking in its level of restoration. Oil of gladness, instead of mourning a headdress, instead of ashes, and praise instead of a faint spirit. For many of us, we know that former state. We know life can feel like hell on earth. Much like Ty Pennington embraced of a great number of families who became of hardship or tragedy needed. Home makeovers. So Jesus offers us a makeover called the kingdom of God. Notice that both Isaiah's prophecy and Jesus retelling that prophecy and all about the here and now. Father Robert often thought we talked too much about eternal life. Well, most folks he knows need some good news for the right now. They may not even be able to think about tomorrow, much less eternity. Here we see the fullness of the gospel. God loves us enough to give us the good things that we neither merit nor deserve simply because he loves us. 
Of these things, he promised Isaiah has one of particular importance, the garments of salvation. This is our daily dress. In fact, it is much a part of our work as Christians that even when the clergy put on their vestments, we are reminded of that daily act of walking in newness of life. These are robes of kindness, generosity, love, and forgiveness, which is far better than even the fanciest dress at a wedding or being in a ballroom. These gifts given in baptism actually close, actually clothe us for service. Lastly, we come to the rejoicing part. Ty Pennington instructs those who had completed a home makeover to shout loudly, move that bus, revealing the work the crew had done. This is what we essentially do every time we say, let us welcome the newly baptized. We see the work we could not do on our own behalf. We rejoice then with the only one who could make that transformation possible. As many of you know, Father Robert is a big fan of the color pink. Loves pink. It puts a smile on his face and a twinkle in his eye. He immediately sees rejoicing. Today, as you think of the times when the mess of your life has been tightened, tightened, tightened up, I am waiting you cannot accomplish on your own, rejoice. When Jesus is yelling out of the storm of your life, when things seem hopeless, realize he is simply saying, move that bus. It is time to watch what we transform. We will see his glorious makeover, not just in the life to come, but in the here and now. And he will use you all as his team. As Father Robert would say if he was here today, it's a pink day. Let us rejoice in it. Amen. Amen.